Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Alexandra Avli here with me. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my podcast, Alexandra. Thank you, Vesta. So happy to be here. As a wave intro, Alexandra is the co-founder of her global network, a network engaging women in global conversation and creating more safe spaces to share their vulnerability and authenticity. And the network today is active in 17 cities around the world with some 4,000 members. And this success inspired Alexandra to create also Hoon, her online network an app and also a real life tool for women worldwide who want to connect, uh, join a community and also collaborate. So Alexandra, let's kick off with the question, who are your networks actually for? Besides the obvious fact it's for women, Mm -hmm. um, it is for women that are interested um, in joining forces with other women. Um, I think you kind of mentioned it when we were speaking previously, that women should not compete, they should collaborate. So it's very much that mindset of a person that you are here to find someone or something that is not about you as an individuality, but you as a team or a group, and how can you give something to someone and not only expect something. We as women are very good at asking things, but we also need to be better at giving. So that profile of a person that knows that you are building this platform together with us is not we delivering something to you. It is about you collaborating with us and building something. And on the values of authenticity and vulnerability, that we want to create a safe space for women where they can share their deepest thoughts without being criticized for whatever that might be. And knowing that for us, it's like a key to our success is that we have created these safe spaces for women to be themselves Mm -hmm. and not just go around and pass out business cards with no reasons, but really like talk about themselves behind their titles and their roles of CEOs and et cetera. We want to know who the person is before Mm -hmm. we we see what kind of relations we can build with one another. So I think that is pretty much the personality that we have categorized as a her member as of now. What change are you actually seeking to create? You know, what what is your why? The obvious reasons, I think, that we all are involved in seeing that equality is not really on the position where it could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, women and men are not treated um, as the same. I feel the salary level is still something that we all talk about and in many companies as like recently as yesterday I heard an example of like Goldman Sachs where men are earning still 70% more than women and I think yeah and for me it's as long as this exists her will exist because we need to come together and we need to collaborate and we need to stop competing with one another and really join forces on the questions that we know matter to all of us. So I think that why it's it's something that we all are very familiar with. It's everywhere in our newspapers or our Instagram feeds or mm-hmm. if you can contribute with 
changing that. That is something that I'm very interested in. How do you organize yourself to and your networks? Uh, how do you shape it to deliver um, on this? That's a very, I mean, her, why the success of her has been the way that it has, has been because of the how. It's everything that is like a very systematic and big problem. Um, for me, the solution is to find a simple way of solving it. It's not about making it into a bigger problem. Mm. And therefore, the why, how has been very relevant. And as I am as a person, I'm very, very authentic and very integrated with myself. So I really am very interested in communication. How do you communicate with people? How do you reach them? How do you make sure that they feel safe in the space that you are in? So for her, it has been to create a very psychological safe room for women to share these thoughts with one another. Because you can't just invite a bunch of women and like, hey, let's be authentic and vulnerable. <laughs> you start. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about you as the leader that are setting an example about vulnerability and authenticity means to you mm. and how it has helped you and then inspired the group to follow. Mm. So if, for example, if we did our meetings without setting an example of who this her woman was that we all was aiming to be, I don't think the effect would have been the same. Eh? And now we are really, we are formulating the dinners after this recipe or, you know, being the, that her woman and showing others that this is the value that we are getting from these meetings. Mm -hmm. Because we have, as women, been taught that there's so many rules around being a woman and being yourself is not one of them because you should always be someone else. You should be skinnier, you should be more prettier, you should be more smarter, you should have whatever expectations that you're getting from your parents and follow them, but no one has ever thought or communicated, no, you should just be yourself because mm. that's well enough. And that is kind of what we are advocating for. We're giving women this space of being herself. And then we're asking her, how are you? And what do you need help with? And how can this group right here, right now, help you with that? Because we as women are also very different from men on networking. We build the biological bonds to one another more than this like professional going around the room and sharing our business cards. We want to know who you are as the person behind that. And when we have that trust in you, we want to build business together. Yeah. So I think there's a recipe. I don't want to share it, of course. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's about being a role model and telling women what authenticity means and what vulnerability means and how it has helped you and make sure that people follow and are interested in follow. I still remember the first dinner that we did and me and my co-founder were setting this example and people were like, oh my God, where have you been? You know, where's this like spirituality coming from? You've been to a week at Bali, you've been traveling in India, you're trying to bring this home or what is all of this about? And after a while, they were really getting what the value was of this communication, of this presenceness about asking people how they were. And I think that is our how. And that is also the success of our growth. We're not pretending, we're being very authentic about it. Mm. And at the same time, of course, depending on what kind of life journey you have behind yourself and what you wish for yourself and how much you understand yourself uh, so far, I guess that people coming to these dinners, you know, if you have a so-called role model example of a person somehow who is 
standing for these, these values that you mentioned, uh, there and they listen to their story or their way of interpreting what, what's going on mm -hmm. with them and around them, then maybe people who don't know themselves very well will try to copy, if you know what I mean, mm. copy-paste a little yeah, bit, yeah. bits and pieces. And there's nothing wrong with that in no. terms of you, you get inspiration from all over. Exactly. But also it's the balance of um, taking the best ideas and, and thoughts and so on, but also still be yourself. As yeah. you say, that balancing act requires a little bit of, I think, wisdom and a little mm -hmm. bit of mm -hmm. and practice self, as well, self-awareness. I mean, I definitely know what you mean because I see that and also I see the next time that they join that mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. So I think like it's about being comfortable in the environment and you, the, maybe the first time that you try that out, you weren't so comfortable and the next time you're really relaxing and then you really are taking it fully and emotionally and heartfully. But how are you running it? How are you financing it? Because you need to, you know, you've developed a, a big network now. So yeah. of course there is a certain base. Yeah. So her was never intentional to be a business. It was, I mean, my story started with feeling that women were very insecure with one another professionally. And that's why they were competing with one another about that one shining light in the room. And therefore started bullying one another to receive the attention that they felt that they deserved to sit around that table because only one woman could sit around that table. Um, so for me, it was like, what are you talking about? What's the system about? And why are you following the system? And getting bullied during two years on my first job and feeling like if I ever expected getting bullied, I thought it would be by men because I'm trying to like, trying too much or too hard, but not by other women. And then joining this, these dinners and really showcasing that we're not there to be one another's enemy, we're there to help one another. It wasn't like, I'm going to build a company around this, I'm going to make money out of this, it's going to be a business transaction. It was about being myself and feeling that I could inspire others to be themselves too, mm -hmm. and I could help someone else. And it turned into what it is today. It's just like unstoppable movement. Mm. As soon as you join, you never want to leave. And that's absolutely amazing. And for every city that has opened, each woman is part of as a founder because she's running her market. Mm. And that's how, I mean, the love and the community is being shared and spread. Mm. And we are funding it by partners that we collaborate with in the sense of doing dinners or events um, where we feel that we have the same values. We only want to support companies that are integrated with the way that we see uh, mm -hmm. diversity and equality. Um, so and which companies could that be, for example? So um, let's take an example of uh, sustainable fashion brands. I mean, mm. that's what we want to advocate for, mm -hmm. since we know that many women in our network are very interested in fashion, and we don't feel that we want to support the fast fashion values. Mm -hmm. So that's so one you example. Would, you wouldn't support, for example, H&M, uh, even if they are doing great stuff as well. But I mean, it depends on which level of the H&M organization, because it's huge. Eh? So for example, Arket, which is a sustainable chain, that's something that I, I feel I really could stand behind. But the fast fashion, like $5 items is not. And these are kind of brands that we really find like we want to promote and we want to help support. So 
it's about finding a win-win situation for us both mm-hmm. and um, that's how we financing ourselves is through dinners that we find partners that we want to collaborate with and then further ahead we want to do not only dinners we want to do travels as we were speaking previously on the her yoga her surf mm. we're interested in building a her foundation where we can really make sure that we finance women that are not part of the network that don't have the same opportunities as we do etc mm. okay so if companies are interested and share the values you share yeah. they could knock on your door and say we want to be part of this next, yes your next get together yeah we want to be in can we do that exactly so and, there, and then they pay any, like a fee for that so or they something. pay a fee and then we see like okay what's the message that you're interested in bringing on eh? okay i we can help around shaping that message and see like we would like to change uh, this format of doing you know the Q&A or make it make it feel that it is a her concept it's not just you guys coming in and you know showcasing your product it's about what's the value behind you building this that we can promote on because that's how we run as people and that's how we run as a community and how we want to do our partnerships so it's very much we take over the show and we try to help them on the communication part of things And then of course we always want to see that there is a female person from that company being represented the CEO, the CEO, CFO, whoever, someone within the organization that we feel that we can interview and do a Q&A with and get under her skin. Mm-hmm. Has it happened that uh, you meet with these companies and, and you just feel that no. Yes, they're just greenwashing. Yeah. Yeah, it has happened. Mm. And that's why I love her because we have the opportunity to say no. Mm. We choose. Yeah, great. Use that power. <laughs> exactly. We I mean it has been I don't want to share it as a success. Well, oh, this is how easy it is because in the beginning we were knocking on doors like who can help us finance this? And they were like, "Oh, what what is this? Like, uh, who are you? Like, what are you trying to do?" And we're like, "Oh, we have this and this, and we really needed to prove our value." Uh, and that was hard. I mean, we have had companies turning us down that are now hunting us down. So um, it has really proven that we stuck to our concept, we stuck to our values, and that's why we are where we are. We didn't change gear or shift. Because I don't believe in things that grow too fast. I think you have to really grow with the people, um, and that's that's how we, yeah, are running things. And uh, I mean, in this you know instant culture of ours yeah. that we live in, um, it is as you say important that you, important things actually take time. Yes, uh, I because mean, then the the right stuff comes up. All these obstacles that we all go through it's not a new thing we all have gone through them the problems that my mom uh, once had i am having and she's my support system so i feel that the identity and the mirroring it's a very big part of our lives and we need that and when our education ends after high school and universities where do we turn for this like support system and group and who can I ask for help where do we have that besides our parents whether we can help one another emotionally to grow or professionally i that's what we want to do with the her community but it sounds like perhaps many of the women in uh, the network maybe could be by some people defined as 
influencers. Yeah, yeah. So my question regarding that influencer is woman in the network is an influencer. Is in a way okay, yeah. because what do you think about this um, phenomenon actually about influencers? Who are they and why? Because some of them definitely are really kind of selling themselves. Yeah, from a purely money rational you know reasons there's yeah. nothing about matching values and stuff they're just a channel because they have a huge following for some reason they are just a channel they're really maximizing the potential of that mm. money wise and and in other ways mm. why are we inclined to define those people as influencers i mean it's a very i understand from a you know a, a rational point of view yeah. but do we want to be influenced by people who have values that they are just cashing in on their following? Um, this is a very like topic that I don't know which dinner I go to. This is the number one topic. You see? Yeah. People are so tired of this category of influencers. Mm -hmm. And they're making jokes of it, they're making fun of it. But at the same time, the, these people, they are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're self—they're running their business. Why should we hate them for that? It's amazing if they can build their business. I mean, on their appearance and their lifestyles, and someone else is very inspired by that and is following. I mean, who are we to judge? I feel like if that person mm -hmm. is defined, it, it doesn't matter if I define you as an influencer or that person is defining itself as an influencer. You're running your business. You're running your show. And I somehow I'm very like I'm happy for you, but I also take my own choice of uh, defining who is an influencer for me, mm -hmm. which is I think the first problem that we really should look at is that you should unfollow the people that you feel you don't want to see, and that is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's not the responsibility of that person. That person is just following the market values at the moment, which is like we are not advertising on bus signs anymore. We're not advertising on the streets. We are advertising digitally in a social community where people are turning themselves into product. I mean, that's a mm -hmm. it's a marketing strategy thing. You you have to be aware of what's happening, mm -hmm. and then you have to take your own choices of like, do I want to follow this? Because I do. I have taken off so many people where I'm just like, no, I don't, you're not influencing me. Do you know what I mean? I choose the people that I, I feel are influencing me. And those ones are the ones that I am following because we have the same values and a vision, the way that you're executing on things. That's what I believe in. I mean, there are 50,000 brands out there. I don't support all of them. I choose which ones to support. And that's how I see the influencer. Uh, market as well. I don't have to follow all of these things. I choose what to, but I support the people doing it because they are entrepreneurs. And also mostly they are women. They're, wo they're very young women, but they are women. And they're building their own platforms, which I find super amazing and inspiring. But it's not my level of field or interest. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know. Do you define yourself as an influencer? Uh, other people define me as an influencer. I don't know if I do. I still kind of struggle with that because mm. the way that I want to influence people is not by my clothes or by the items that I have. The way that I want to influence people is about helping them to succeed. Mm. It's about helping them whatever they, you know, what they need of life. And if I can support that, that's how I want to influence people. Mm. Uh, by giving back my knowledge or by giving my network or by inviting them to my community 
and just feeling that I am being authentic and having my integrity because that's the number one thing for me. But I see that I am on according to lists and invites, I am an influencer. But I think in the end, the only thing that matters is the title that you put on yourself. And mm. I want to influence people in the right way, which is personally. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm just thinking uh, how, um, you know, how could you and others use that influencer position in in in, in, a, in, a, in the best possible way, yeah. uh, so you're not running errands for no. any, anyone, so yeah. to say, but rather what you stand for, and in that case, perhaps you know, say no to a lot of things yeah. is, is, oh, a, is a piece no. of art. Yeah. I see a lot of no. Mm. I only say yes where I see yes. I, I mean, I'm pretty much not deferring myself from her. It's mm. like this value system has to be there for me to really mm. accept this. Mm. And if it's not, then my mm. integrity, I know that you don't know me, but my integrity is something that it's insane. I can really stand for that my values are mm. where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where in your case does that come from you know <sighs> that very strong I wish of... I knew people are asking me the same yeah. thing and, yeah. and my only like real answer to that that I can I can really just say spot on is my mom eh? because mm-hmm. she is a person that has taught me doing my whole like grown up <laughs> period of right and wrong telling me when I was ego, telling me when I didn't share my cookies with the other kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. telling me when my toys were not just bought for me, they were bought for my whole class, mm-hmm. always giving me four crackers of ballerina to bring into all picnics because there were always going to be kids whose moms forgot. You know, these things that I didn't think of when I was a child, they they have affected me. They have shaped me into the person I am. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I come from, I might look like I have everything, but I come from a background of, if you go to Balkan, you visit my grandmother, that's my real home. Mm -hmm. And it's simplicity. It's knowing, like, you can get your, you know, everything that you find as security in life swept away by a minute because something like a war comes in and then you stand on the street and you don't have anything and i know that feeling from having a home to just standing outside and just waiting for someone to come and pick you up with the car and save you Mm. um what age were you then so i was six and i was my mom was acting as everything was a play we were just playing around we were just playing hide and seek now we're hiding now someone's trying to find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she made that whole journey very playful and very, for me, like psychologically safe. But somewhere inside, I knew that this something is happening here. And also, I think the way that I've been grown up has been fostered by this, mm-hmm. knowing that any minute anything can disappear. So the only thing that really exists in the end is you and your actions and the way that you are. And that's how, Alexandra, I want people to judge you on. It's on your actions and the way that you show compassion around yourself. Mm. And since she is my role model and like the only person I would never want to let down, that's something that is has been so grounded in me. Mm. Yeah, I think like Balkan people in general have a lot of heart, a lot of heart and a lot of like roots grounded mm-hmm. deep into the earth 
they're not floating around. They're very much, this is my heart, this is my mind, this is where I belong. Um, so I think just that culture of Balkan has shaped me as well. Can you relate to that? Oh, d- <laughs> yeah, sure, sure I can. Being, being, uh, being born uh, there, but I was also very young when I when I left for, you know, uh, totally different reasons. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how you how you feel. You feel like uh, you enter those countries and you feel like you're having a, a big hug yes. from everyone. Yeah. Uh, everybody's so um, not just easy and smooth to be with, but. Mm, they come from first the place of heart and yeah. then they combine the head you yeah, know? Exactly. whilst uh, yeah. maybe this part of the world in, in, in the Nordic countries very often even though it has softened up mm-hmm. <laughs> lately it's still very you know first is it the, somehow the rational mind that is um, deciding and it's much more you know you are who, uh, what you do rather yeah. than you are who you are. Exactly. I mean, my mom, when she came to Sweden and we went through all these camps, the first thing that she did, um, I was still six, <laughs> but I remember this so clearly, was to gather up all the women and tell them that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, for the Swedish people working it, it's like, what the fuck is she doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that was her like solution. Let's just be heartful for a while. Mm-hmm. I know there's panic, I know you're all afraid, you're in a new country, mm-hmm. you're here with your kids, you don't speak your language, mm-hmm. but let's all just be uh, heartful for a while. Mm-hmm. Wow, you uh, are lucky to have such a mother. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I wish she spoke English so she could hear this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you define as your passion? my entrepreneurial skills. Mm-hmm. I think I always knew that I want to build. Mm-hmm. I haven't really known what to build, like what was the thing that I'm going to do, but I always known that I am not a follower of things, you know, I'm not an employee. Mm-hmm. I am someone that is a visionary, that has solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. And if someone would ever have told me that I would be the co-founder and the founder of a global network of women, I would just be laughing, I think. I definitely never in my wildest imagination thought that this is going to be my occupation. I I mean, due to the war and everything that happened, I was politically interested. I was thinking I was going to be a diplomat. And um, the world turned on me and it showed me what I am, what I am here for. I believe a lot of energies. And I know that I am in the right place mm-hmm. and doing the right thing. And then that becomes my whole world. I'm sucked into being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anything else. Um, I am very, how would you say, I feel that I, I discover so many new sides of myself and I see that how I'm handling them. I'm not getting a sense of panic. I'm not getting frustrated. I know that it's suffering because entrepreneurship is suffering and it's handling that suffer. Mm-hmm. That's how I would like, if someone asked me how it is to be an entrepreneur, I would, it's so funny that you have that question, is I would really define it as suffering yeah? in a way that you are dealing with so many problems, but everything is playful. You know, it's mm-hmm. joyful because you want to do it. You want to find a solution to that problem. Eh? Mm-hmm. And it's not a hurdle. It's just something that you are like jumping on to do, if you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I know that I am, I am where I should be because I, I turn things into play and if I turn it into play, then it's even a bigger passion. <laughs> and what would you define as your uh, transformational points so far in your life? You know, things mm -hmm. or maybe meetings or situations mm -hmm. where you just, when you look back at it, you understand that that was kind of pivotal. Yeah, I mean, my mom's journey is something that I, in the beginning, didn't think so much of when I was younger. I was like, yeah, yeah, she fled through Europe, came to Sweden, had me as this, you know, what is, is she, Swedish child or, you know, is she former Yugoslavian? What is she, what's her identity? And then looking back at her journey, I see how much it has shaped me. You know, everything from the way that she is around other people, the way that I find her inspiring and how she has become my role model in everything, everything I do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one of those points in life that I can really look back on and answer this question if I'm ever mm -hmm. getting it again with, you know, she, my mom, being this like role model for me mm -hmm. and through all her actions inspiring me and making sure that I know everything is possible mm -hmm. because she made it possible mm -hmm. and where her journey ended, my began. Mm -hmm. And um, my second big point is all the people that I met through my, my own journey. Because the people that you meet, you get, you join their journeys. You become a part of them. Eh? Mm -hmm. They become a part of you. Eh? Mm -hmm. And the closest people that I have around me are the reason for me being able to handle all my entrepreneurial suffering. They are my psychological safety. And having had the fortunate enough to meet all these amazing people that I have because mm -hmm. I have a network of so many inspirational people, so many people that have my back, so many people that are inspiring me in the in the things that they are doing. They don't have to be a huge influencer. Mm -hmm. They just need to influence me. Mm -hmm. I think these people are really why I can do all these crazy things that I do because I have the psychological safety around me. And I define these two points of something that I know has turned me into the person I am. And what would you think or define as, uh, you know, long-term solutions or a long-term formula for any kind of um, business or company or organization for that matter? Mm. What do you think is the... I mean, we were mentioning H&M here previously, and I, I feel like if I could turn that company around in some way and many other like mm -hmm. old businesses, I would add so much authenticity and transparency because the way that we built her and the way that I want to build Han is with these things. I mean, I'm taking people's data online, for example, on Han, I'm going to be transparent on which data I take in and why mm -hmm. for the sake of the business and also for the sake of you why I'm asking you this. And if you don't have this transparency today and if you don't have this authenticity of why you're building your business, I think you're going to lose the value mm -hmm. of your business mm -hmm. as I don't want to backtrash H&M, but it's pretty much the reason why this company is not going to grow further because we have lost the value. We as consumers have lost the value of H&M, but we want to see it rebuilt in all of these small businesses that they are doing around them as building up these conscious departments. There we find the value. Um, so I feel like if I could share something, I think transparency and authenticity and really being open as leaders about what's happening behind these closed boardrooms uh, 
if you feel that you are compassionate enough about caring about your market and about your consumers, I as as consumer, I want to know that. And if I don't have that trust in you, I will not have that trust in your business either. Mm. Yeah, and and as you say, we're just using it, of course H and M as an example here because it's so H&M. so so it's so, not so, sponsored by H and M. This podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody is sponsoring this podcast. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not in that sense running anybody's errands. Yeah. But no, I'm just using it as an example, saying, okay, if, you, if you're going to fix the base business models yeah. issues first and not mm-hmm. kind of reinvent yourself in smaller formats around mm-hmm. creating a bouquet of flowers when the core yeah. is based on fashion, fast fashion, yeah. sometimes weekly collections and stuff like that. Yeah. And even if they're doing fantastic things, as you say, revisit uh, revisit the core values again and really how, how it's uh, translated in the day-to-day practices and what you're driving. But there was also somebody that I talked to uh, recently, actually I think it was Seth Godin who says that there is no reason to assume that mm-hmm. companies that have been around for a very long time mm. should just continue no, and just know. just transform into something else. Yeah. Maybe they've done what they need to do and parts of what they've produced is yeah. going to stay but the big chunk maybe will not survive and yeah. that's okay too. Yeah, totally. And I think that that is how H&M needs to see themselves as as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cannot expect this continuous growth. We have to redefine what growth is. I mean, growth can be in the way that they're contributing to people's lives. That's the way that we need to think like consciously and more sustainability in in our own life, but in the lives of the companies as well. Mm -hmm. And taking that decision is is not a reckless decision. It should be a very conscious and very um, value-based decision. And all of this is learnings. We have learned that that doesn't work that system doesn't work. So the companies that are, you know, the startups and scale-ups and grown-ups and everything, mm. they need to implement these values because otherwise they're going the same road. Are there any companies you want to highlight as some good examples? Um, I mean, the classical example of Patagonia, I think what they are doing is amazing, really. If I could really just name one, I will name them. There's another company in Berlin that I adore the whole system of how they built their business. It's called Ecosia. Ecosia? Yeah, Ecosia. It is for every um, search that you do on Bing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. search uh, site, Bing? For every search that you do on Bing, Ecosia grows a tree somewhere in the world. And the way that they are just thinking about, you know, the whole chain of the profit that they make, how they're distributing that profit amongst everything from the employees to the business values of the company. I mean, that's kind of my role model for building on. For every profit that we make, I wanted to be financed somewhere to reach women in a way where they are not fortunate enough to be able to network or be visible on home digitally, mm-hmm. but really to reinforce that profit into something that the whole, the value around the business stands for. Mm-hmm. But if you could just dream and think that you have um, all doors open to you and all kinds of resources mm-hmm. available to mm-hmm. you, what would you then innovate or change? Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know connected to your networks, but. Yeah. 
This question is so funny because like we, we live in this information overload, so I think people hate this question. <laughs> uh, but I, for me, it's like I was politically engaged once, and I was politically engaged for the reason where I wanted to make a better world. It sounds like Miss Universe, <laughs> but I really wanted to contribute to people's life, the ordinary life of everyone and not just a selected group of people mm-hmm. and for me seeing that we are not there still the wealth is not distributed to everyone everyone doesn't have the same opportunities in life especially mm-hmm. when i go down to the balkan and sometimes it's always also the reason why i can't go to sarajevo because i go there and i just feel i see so much pain and suffering and mm-hmm. these people are just they have no opportunities in life whatsoever mm-hmm. and it gets so sad, but also so action-oriented that I want to do something about it. So I think getting really politically engaged, mm-hmm. everything from Swedish politics as well. I mean, the way that mm-hmm. I I want to be as a leader myself and the values that I have around empathy and authenticity and vulnerability, that's something I'm lacking in the leadership that I see politically in the Swedish campaigns and election campaigns as of now, I've been trying to distance myself from politics since I left it a little bit and leave it like, leave it in, in, on the shelf for a while. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm, I'm trying to focus on something else mm-hmm. for a bit. And I return now when the election is, I'm like, wow, nothing has happened <laughs> during these four years. What are you all doing? And why is no one innovating? Because we live in this like, technological world where we can order a car through our app. But we can't communicate with our politician. We can't tell him or her what, how we want to see this, you know, this country ruled. And the way that you guys are showcasing yourself is like you are rock stars attending a concert somewhere. I don't see any values being built around you. What do you want for this country? I only see you talking about the politics that you don't want, but what is it that you want? Um, so if I could engage somewhere, I think it will be uh, politically. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I have a bunch of friends thinking that they're interested in making sure that I run for politics, but we'll see. Maybe when I'm 45, <laughs> 45, 50, 60, 70. <laughs> If I can do something to answer your question really correctly, is to make sure that more people get more opportunities. And in terms of um, politics, um, or even you can translate that into parts of the corporate world as well. That so much there's so much theater going on. Yeah. And again, I mean, going back to your transparency, authenticity thing. But then there is always some kind of an excuse. This mm. is part of the game. This is how the mm. game was set up. We are mm. part of a system, so we're following the system more or less. That's like an excuse. But if we would therefore change the system and yeah. create something new that is really based on, as you say, what's the dream picture? What is it that we actually can unite around and then stop kind of um, throwing things at each other mm-hmm. and rather mm-hmm. see what we can do uh, together. It's definitely a complex thing. It's not an easy uh, route, uh, the political system, but maybe it should be innovated as such as well. And this is where my entrepreneurial self, you know, really wants to go in and solve these like big problems. I see people see that they are, but simplify them. It doesn't have to be that complicated. We can stop the acting show because all of you guys, you have like 45 political assist- assistants running around you telling you what to say and what to do. Stop that. Think for yourself and be that individual that you 
you chose this occupation, you chose it for a reason, and, and now you're turning it into an acting school with rhetorical classes. You know, just take small baby steps, uh, and as soon as you trust yourself and what you're doing, we will trust you because there are exam- amazing examples on this. Take the Canadian uh, president. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really doing it. You know, he's implementing the values from his personality into his government. And he has so much gain and so much trust from his people. And um, if there would be, you know, one piece of um, advice that you'd like to, you know, share with leaders, however you define those, what would that be for you? Mm, To be more playful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Personality is everything. That's why we love leaders. You know, mm. we want to be inspired by them. We want to feel them. We want to be touched by them. Eh? Obama is an example of that. Um, we want to see him sitting outdoor in parks eating ice cream with the kids because then we understand he's a human exactly as we are. Because right now, leaders have kind of put themselves in this deposit of like unreachable. It's a closed door to them, not communicating. And First, like the whole social media wave came with their having their own account and speaking about, um, you know, what they want to do in terms of work. And it's time for them to really show who they are as people, not only in social media, but in, in all acts of life and really being there for their employees and pushing them forward because nothing is really running if that if their own organization or companies are running and setting an example with that and really being, you know, down up represented with their values. So I think I find I put the most trust and get most inspired by people that are really themselves and being playful with that and yeah, sharing that with others. How do we know when somebody is really themselves? How do you, how do you, how do you know? It's a feeling, it's mm-hmm. a, you, you know that, you know, by meeting people in this podcast, you mm-hmm. know when they are themselves mm-hmm. and when they're reading speaking points. Mm-hmm. It's something you just pick up, it's naturally. Mm-hmm. And a leader is not someone that you create, it's not formed. It's someone that is just, is there with themselves 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's not there for themselves, it's someone that is there for others. Mm-hmm. And I think by, we all have to be better judges of everything, and especially that. I was thinking about my talk with a woman called Rachel Boltzmann. She's um, living now in England, and she's a professor in um, uh, reaching out to people, discussing the issue of trust, mm-hmm. which is, of course, on everybody's radar nowadays. Yeah. And she's just generally reflecting upon the fact that you know, trust. Once upon a time, we had that in some leaders, we used to have that in certain institutions and so on, and now that is changing and being redistributed, like energy that goes elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And where does it go nowadays? And it's extremely much really going to people, you know, whoever the people are. Yeah. That's where we, we find the true trust. If we have a connection, if you recommend something and yeah. so on, that's where we choose to trust rather than, you know, trusting something that should be possible mm. to trust, like an old institution. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of movements in, in, in this trust scene. Yeah. Um, Especially when trust can't be distributed digitally. Mm. Trust is something that you feel by seeing it. Mm. It's not about sharing something, it's about you seeing something. Mm. And th- that feeling is something that we can't grasp. 
you just have that mm. and you just see that in people too. Uh, mm. I can mention that I really literally don't feel that I have any trust towards any anyone in the Swedish uh, parliament because I don't see that in them. Uh, mm. It's it's that uh, filter of, of theater. Yeah, exactly. And as long as someone pops up and really it distributes that trust, um, that person can gain so much from it. And for some, that trust has, I mean, there is a Swedish party that is gaining a lot of voters because that person is gaining a lot of trust. And someone can ask themselves, why is that person gaining so much trust from this this large community of people? And uh, if you think about, for example, ten years ago in your life, uh, if you were if you were to give advice to yourself mm -hmm. ten years ago, for example, what would it be? I haven't done so many bad things. <laughs> no, but I would say you got this, kind of, you know. Uh, trust your intuition, because that's the only thing that has led me forward. It's not my mind, it has been my intuition. To follow my, whatever you want to define as guts, to follow that. And mm. don't be so insecure about it. it. It is taking you on an amazing road, and an amazing journey and make sure that you listen to that. I think that would be my best advice to myself, to really be connected with you and who you are and trust that. How do you make sure that you remain connected to yourself? Yeah, I love that question. Because um, I ask myself and remind myself so much on that question because it's so important to me. I immediately, when I'm in an environment where I feel that I'm not me, I stop. It's like a machine. I shut down mm -hmm. and I'm like, what's happening? Why can't I take in this environment? It's because it's not me. Then I, I become quiet and you can literally see the people around me. They see like, okay, something's up with Alex. <laughs> because I don't, feel, I don't feel connected to this. I don't feel it's me. I don't feel it's real. And I just, you know, I'm, my whole body reacts. Mm -hmm. And that's because I'm so rooted in what is me. I know where, where, when I feel good and what makes me feel good and what makes me feel me. And it is, um, it's that simple in that way. I am very, I'm very emotional. I'm someone, I can cry by seeing a cat on the street, but I define those tears as strength because that means I am, I am connected to that animal. Mm -hmm. I'm not there to just, you know, fly on the surface. I'm there to, be part of something and give something to someone. Mm -hmm. um, does it sound too spiritual? Mm -hmm. No, no, not no. at all. No, no, not at all. Actually, would you define yourself as spiritual? I'm not, I'm not talking about you yeah. know religious connections. Yeah. Just yes, knowing yourself and whatever we call the soul. Or yeah, I mean there there definitely is a soul, um, and for some people there's even a past soul in you. I feel that. I am my best when I listen to that soul. Mm -hmm. I am my best when I feel that I am listening to that soul and not just ignoring my inner thoughts. Mm -hmm. I believe in energies and the people that you're meeting is not luck. I don't believe in luck at all. I believe all of this is intentional. There's a reason for why you and I are sitting in this room right now and talking with one another. There's a reason for mm -hmm. why her was started and why Han is being built. And I believe that there's a greater intention with everything. And that energy is something that has brought us all on this planet. 
and for some people that's a god for some people that is a religion and everyone should be entitled to believe whatever they want to believe as long as you believe i think that's the most important you have something that is a little bit above you and you know you're guarded by something and there it's not just about you it's about you in a bigger context yeah somebody would say we are all one in a way yeah exactly which then if you really truly believe that mm. then you will definitely reflect that as you say upon your actions mm. your 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 respect for others and and everything that's why somehow everything that has to do with religion i try to refrain from because yeah. That's another version. Everybody has their story yeah, and so exactly. on, and we don't need to get into that. But mm-hmm. as soon as religion is somehow being used as one of the power tools, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to, as you do, to think about it as being spiritual and be having respect for your true self and exactly. so on. Exactly. I mean, yoga for me, for some people that's uh, spiritual, and for some people that's religion. You may define it as you want, as long as it's giving you the purpose that you need. Uh, for me, it's a ritual. It's mm. it's something where I I find that I I decluster from all information around me and just listen to that voice again that's inside. Mm-hmm. If that voice gets shut down, that mm-hmm. is. How do you hear that voice? You're looking for that voice when you're not feeling well, when you're way too stressed. You are uh, running off the things. You don't know why your your days are not really present, and that's not what then you're not fully connected to yourself. Mm. But when you are, when you're listening to that, that's when you feel, I am running my own time. The time is not running me. Mm. And that is how I see the difference. As when I have had days, oh, oh God, I'm not perfect. This is all lessons. I have had days where I'm just like, I'm so worn out. And I, I'm just following things. Mm. I am not controlling them. I am following them, and that's when I've not been listening to this inner voice of me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decluster and just like take off, take off, take off, take off, you know, say no, 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 no. And now I go back to me because mm-hmm. I feel all of this with all these things that I don't need. Then I need to go back to the deeper self and just listen to what does that inner I want. You meditate or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, do. whatever that is to people is so much many yeah. different things. Yeah, yeah. But I don't sit in a room and like, um, yeah. meditation for me is breath. Mm-hmm. So I do breath exercises. Mm-hmm. So each morning, I it was actually my ex-boyfriend who introduced me to this, not I, mm-hmm. because I saw results on him. So I got curious about, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. And um, I sit in a room and then I breathe really deeply for like 30 times in and out in and out and i do repeat that three times and the last time i just hold my breath and in the beginning i was holding my breath for 20 minutes and now i can hold my breath for one and a half minute because then i get into a meditative state of mind where i don't need to breathe because my my body is so full with oxygen and that energy is just floating in me and just giving me a sense of peace mm-hmm. and that is for me meditation and as soon as I get super wound up and stressed I go into the bathroom and I just sit and breathe mm-hmm. and it always helps it's just like it fills your mind your body with oxygen and that's the only thing that we really need to function good advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a clever shortcut very shortcut exactly <laughs> it's not about sitting on a yoga mat and uh, 
attending a class for 90 minutes. But what, what do you think, um, if we would, you know, try to figure out what is the common denominator for all kinds of companies or organizations, mm -hmm. the most important thing for them to focus on right now? I mean, in the world where we are, it's all about making sure that what the mission that they have is something that we know. I mean, Patagonia, as we mentioned mm -hmm. previously, we know what their mission is. We want to support that company. I don't know what the mission of Nike is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the mission of uh, Puma is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the mission of Zalando is. Uh, mm -hmm. Why should I be part of their journey and support them? Mm -hmm. I feel it's simplicity. It's pure simplicity. Mm -hmm. I know that the companies uh, that I support, I want to be part of their journey. And hence, I feel I am when I know what the mission is. Because our companies today function more than just a transactional affair between us. They're changing the world. Mm -hmm. And they have that impact to do that, sometimes even bigger than our governments. It's weird that I don't know what their mission is in that way. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me once that perhaps we are not aware, but maybe on a global level, there are, uh, you know, a portfolio of companies actually running the show and the yeah. governments are just instruments. So yeah. there's all kinds of uh, thoughts there. But companies, I definitely agree that, that companies and organizations are really the fantastic instrument. Mm. If they would do a lot of things right yeah. and really be part of society rather than, you know, being yeah. an entity in the society, yeah. optimizing, you know, just the stock market, then um, definitely they will have the power to change things and actually yes. stand for whatever they believe in. So that's yeah. why you're looking for this, um, you know, tell me what you believe in and yeah. I will... I will join you. I will join you, exactly. join you or not, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I don't understand what they are not sharing that. That makes me so confused because I'm like, what are you built on? Yeah. And who is investing in you if you don't know what the mission is? Mm. And everybody will probably say, but we do have that, yeah. uh, but maybe you don't know about it. Then you're just lost in transaction and old mm. systems. And mm. But what we are looking for as this like millennial and new generation is transparency. You can't hide these things. They don't belong in a boardroom. Eh? Mm. They should be flourished on the surface of your company. Mm. And mm. as we concluded, like companies are playing a bigger role in our lives than governments. They need to act like that. Mm. And um, just to finish up on a, on a really big scale, what do you think the world needs most at this time? Empathy. <laughs> Empathy. Empathy. Mm. We need to know who we are. We need to really, if you take the Swedish election as an example again, I'm like, they don't know who I am. They don't know my needs. They don't know what I need or what I want or what Sweden needs or wants. Because they're just not connected to me at all. But for them, I'm just this like X on a paper. And that's not how, I mean, if we are, have all this technology that we're connected to, how come you don't know me? And I feel that we have all these possibilities to be connected to one another, but we are really losing the story of one another. Because we show like we're not interested. And that's where companies as her and Han comes into life where I'm just trying to tell the story of other people on the level of empathy. Who are you more than your title? And I think that's what people are craving for the most at the moment, to really be connected with one another and not just followers of one another. 
Great, Alexandra. Thank you so much for sharing everything. It was wonderful to meet you. Thank you, Vesna, for asking all these great questions. You really got my mind going, too. <laughs> By the way, how was it to be on the podcast? Oh, I loved it. Especially, as just mentioned, like these questions are so important and getting them out is so important and getting people to talk about what all these things are and creating these spaces as you are. I mean, as you were mentioning previously, really inspiring people that are listening to you, what they can do with their lives and not just follow the systems, but really break through and create other systems. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, we need more of that today. We need to inspire people more. Thank you, Alexandra. To find out more, where should people head? So if you want to know more about her, uh, you go to herglobalnetwork.com. And if you're interested in joining the network, you have an application that you can join each city individually there. And if you want to know more about Han and joining the Han network, you go to joinhan.com. Mm. Okay. And also you will find uh, links and uh, show notes on corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast. And I also truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Uh, share it with people you know that would benefit from hearing this. Thank you for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Arrivederci. Arrivederci.